0: Welcome to Bible and Stuff. My name's Tanner. And I'm Glenn. And this is a podcast about the Bible. And stuff. (laughs) Oh, uh, but what? Something happened, Glenn. What do you mean?
1: (laughs) You sound a little different. (laughs) Sure, I guess I sound a little different. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. No, I actually, uh, I'm I'm overplaying it. This is my real voice now, so don't laugh at that. But uh, (laughs) No, I got braces recently. (laughs) You did. I did.
0: Um, It took... I noticed it for a little bit. Like, you did have a little more of like a lispiness to you. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I would say you're virtually back to normal now.
1: Yeah. And actually, uh, so I still have a lisp, but the... After I get them off, I I, supposedly the overall lisp should be lessened or gone. Oh, nice. Which is good.
0: Well, that's a plus.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, it was pretty awesome. I am... For those of you that don't know, my wife is a dentist so
0: yeah so she kind of
1: forced your hand yeah she's like well this is my first time at it let's just give it a shot and then after we finished she was like i don't know do you think i should have given you de- <laughs> should have <laughs> given you braces I'm like what oh man when we bought a house um
0: i did not want a pool my big thing was no pool because i didn't want to deal with the maintenance and all that stuff and my wife did she was very adamant that, like yes because um, we we're gonna have young kids, and it's like we want them. It's hot, yeah. so we can enjoy it, and the kids will love it and stuff like that. But um, so we made like a major like that's was one of the major decision points when we bought the house. And then like two days later, I I hear overhear her having a conversation with someone about the house, and she was like. Yeah, if I could do it all over again, I probably, we probably wouldn't have gotten a pool. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Seriously? Oh, but we have a pool now. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's, that's another story for another day, but we're having pool issues. That's a big problem. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> today, <laughs>
0: today we're talking about why bad things happen to good people, and I yeah. think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I'm and a good I person. I guess you're a right? good person. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: lines up. Kind of. Yeah. So, um, no. So, yeah. Well, this is a cool topic. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a little bit out of the norm of what we've done. Yeah. Um, in 2017, but I think this is an awesome kind of idea of, of answering some of these questions like hard to tackle questions yeah you know
0: yeah it's been good we we generally kind of stick to the more like academic or history like questions and answers and this one's a little bit in the like uh, the apologetics realm um, so it'll be fun but we we really see this as a podcast for people who are new Christians or young Christians um, and just have a curiosity and so we thought it would be good to take a couple of days in 2018, at least, and answer some of these big questions uh, that people might have or might have trouble answering um, when they're talking
1: to their friends. Yeah. All right, Tanner. So let's jump right in with the question. Yeah. Let's Why get do into it. bad things happen to good people? Well, um, so the, the problem
0: with the question it, to start off with is that it just begs so many more questions. So I, I wanted to try to touch on that. Um, and then we'll kind of answer the questions in, in multiple ways as we go along. But essentially, when someone asks that question, why do bad things happen to good people, they're asking this. If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-good, why does he let bad things happen? So. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that gives it a little bit, it's a little bit more rounded there.
0: Yeah, because they're, they're saying, you know, God knows bad things are happening. He obviously has the power to stop it, and he should want to, right? So why doesn't he? Um, and sometimes this is like a really personal question for people. Maybe uh, maybe they lost a child, or they lost uh, someone who's really close to them that they would see as like the best person they know, and, and they just don't understand um, how that could happen. But then also, it's often like a, like a philosophical question, like a in you know when someone is is trying to understand christianity or having issues with it it, it's normally one of those big questions is like i just don't know how i can trust a god that would let the holocaust happen Mm -hmm. or that he lets people die of starvation or any of those things so
1: okay i see what you mean
0: yeah there's kind of two ways um to come at it so Generally, when someone is asking that question, they're bringing into question one of the characteristics that we just talked about. So they're either saying, if bad things happen, God either doesn't know about it, which is normally the least likely one that they're, that they're questioning, um, but often they're asking, maybe he's not powerful enough to do anything about it, or I would say probably the most common one is, maybe he's not that good after all. Sure. So that's that's kind of the big crux of what we'll
1: try to answer. So then I guess, yeah, I, I mean, let's go ahead and, and break it apart a little bit more. If, if he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-God, then why does it happen?
0: Yeah, so I would have to start here. I would have to say, like, those are true. Um, we could argue that for... Days on end. And we will, in, in a later podcast that we already have planned for this year, talk about the char- characteristics of God and have some like examples of how He is all-powerful or how He is all-knowing or how He is all-good. At this point, we're just going to take that as a given because we believe the Bible, so we know that those are true. So, therefore... How do we explain it? I guess is, is how I'm looking at this question. If someone were to ask us, like, I know you believe this, but how? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so the first thing I think you have to bring up is we are sinful. Like, mm-hmm. sin, we live in a sinful, broken, fallen world. And that's not God's fault. That's because we rebelled against God. So you could go all the way back to uh, the Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God gives them a world of yes and one tree of no and of course they eat the fruit from the no tree right and uh they sin against god and kind of start this whole spiral going down for, for humanity for the rest of you know
1: yeah so sin has already entered like we're, we're already seeing that as a, a part of the equation now and i maybe that's something that people aren't taking into account either yeah so in you know if you
0: look at the Garden of Eden, you wouldn't see these things. You don't see starvation. You don't see um, pain or suffering or, or struggle. Um, you see perfect um, harmony between God and man, and and you still have things like work and stuff, but they're not as um, they're not as hard you know, toil as mm-hmm. as they are after uh, the fall. Um, so, I guess it all goes all the way back to that question of, okay, well, if sin causes all this, why would God allow that to happen? That's the root of this bad things happen to good people question. And essentially, I mean, you have to say, you, you see in the Bible that God gives us free will and he allows us to exercise that free will. So could he have certainly stopped Adam and Eve from eating the fruit? Yes. But he'd given them free will. They made the decision to do that, to put themselves, um, to act sinfully and right. ignore God. Um, and he let them. Um, yeah,
1: he just allowed for
0: it to happen. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to circle back to that in a second. But uh, I do want to say here that because we know that's true, we know that people are sinful. Therefore, you already see another issue with the question. Because when someone asks, why do bad things happen to good people? They're, they have a misunderstanding already in the question right. that they would say people are good. Um, but we see because Adam and Eve entered into sin and everyone since them has entered into sin um willingly, that there aren't really good people. There isn't anybody perfect um that isn't in sin.
1: Yeah. So that makes sense. I I guess maybe it's it's a misinterpretation of what we mean by good. Um because I, I could still say like Tanner, you're a good guy. Yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that. But I also know that you sin. Yeah, like you are not a, you are not a perfect guy. Um, So the word "good," I guess you have to decide what what that means in this question. And and you're right; it's people are sinful. So, in light of the question itself. People are not good.
0: Yeah. So that will be part two of what we're answering. The first part we're answering is people, I guess what we're trying to say is people aren't undeserving of bad things. They're not good people who have done nothing wrong. They are bad people, and therefore there are consequences and pain that come from that. So that's just one part of the answer, and we will get into um, the other part, which is, well, okay, whatever, good if you want to get into semantics, but like, why do just bad things happen to people, period? And uh, we're going to circle back to that in just a second. But the other thing I wanted to say as we're talking about God allowing people to exercise their free will and sin in, in a way that hurts other people is to say that God's not like a bad babysitter yeah. <laughs> who like just lets people do whatever and doesn't know what's going on or you know, doesn't really care. Like he knows what we're going to do and he allows it to happen. And it's not a super, there's a lot of debate over this. Um, some people want to, some people say that is passive, completely passive. Like God just allows it to happen. I would probably go a little further and say God intentionally allows it to happen. Um, because he has plans. Yeah. He, I'm like, again, we're gonna get into this, but he is going to do something with that suffering. He's not just allowing people to suffer so he can, you know,
1: enjoy their pain. Like he's not. Well, it, this is probably this like idea right here is probably something that I have struggled with the most. <laughs> the most. <Never>. Um, <laughs> This is something that I've struggled with the most in my faith as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having conversations with people asking this question like, well, why would God allow that to happen? Like, if he created this perfect world, why would he give us the, the chance to screw up? Like, why not just allow it to be perfect? And and the I don't want to answer all that question right here, but just for those of you listening, like, that's something that I've struggled with oh, yeah. in the past, and and occasionally, like just trying to think through it. I, the more I've gotten to know God, the more I I feel like I, I accept this idea, or and um, and know that he's it's all for his good in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really difficult to, to kind of comprehend and grasp in the moment.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely not a simple answer. I think people want it to just be like no, exp- just. Just give me a straight answer. And it's not really the case because, like, it's complicated. Like, God is very complex, and our sinful nature is very complex. And so, it's not easy to answer. So, it is a point of doubt for a lot of people. Um, And I do think it's important to note here that by allowing sin, God is not sinning. Mm -hmm. Like, people are sinning. Probably one of the, like, most one of the most shaping moments um for my life as a christian uh, i come from a small town in oklahoma and um we had this case where um this girl got murdered She was a young high school girl She's a great girl um but it, kind of the essence of this question like she was a good person and something really bad happened to her and because it was that very small town feel like it shook everyone yeah. um it wasn't just like being here in phoenix you hear about a murder on the news you're just like okay and like this this happens all the time but because it was a young person who was innocent and um it was such a small tight-knit community it was really a big deal and cody Devers, who's our pastor now and was my pastor back at that church in oklahoma um, he preached the, uh, I don't know what you call it, I guess the vigil, the mm-hmm. candlelight thing um, that we had for, and you could tell, like it just felt tense there that there was a lot of people who had a lot of emotion uh, welling up and they were really struggling with what had happened, and I forget 90% of what Cody said, but I remember the one thing that he did say that, that stuck with me, which was God didn't do this. A person did because we all I mean also everyone knew who the guy was um and obviously felt like a lot of pent-up anger against him so um when Cody said that like it really resonated with me and it probably I, I can only imagine most of the people standing there like yeah you're right like it's hard to to deal to have that conversation with God of like why did you let this happen but you can't ignore the fact that like he didn't do it He didn't come down here and perform that crime. This guy did, and we know for a fact this guy did. Um, So all that to say, God is in control. He is all-knowing and all-powerful, but he's not responsible. He's not held responsible for our sin. Like, we still commit the sin knowingly and willingly. Um, <laughs> I was at uh, Together for the Gospel, which is this conference, one year, and David Platt, who's now head of the IMB uh, International Mission Board, uh, gave a, a sermon. I, I don't even remember what the what the topic was exactly that time, but he, he talks about um, this kind of same thing, like God being in control but not being responsible. And the illustration he used was he uh, got on a flight and it was funny because he tried to make a point not to mention the airline (laughs) that screwed up his flight and made him late and like he was going to preach at this other thing and he didn't make it because he had delays and then at the end of the story he goes God was in control but Delta was responsible so he kind of like he like let it slip like who the airline was or whatever but he just painted that picture really well of like did did like god was over all of that like but he wasn't responsible like delta was responsible like they should have got their crap together and had their flights on time and not all this stuff um and that's kind of the same way this works here so deep exhale <laughs> <laughs> This is it's a lot and this is heavy and like we're not going to do this perfectly and i feel a lot of pressure with that like wanting to get this exactly right but We're just kind of trying to talk through all these points and hopefully help you understand that, you know, how to think about this question in the right way.
1: So then I guess uh, kind of the next question is why... So why doesn't God stop sin from hurting people? Yeah. I mean, we've kind of hit upon it, but not... uh, We have. And
0: and this, again, is a multi threaded answer. Um, not because it's a weak answer, just because it it could be multiple things. Um, so the first one I, I want to mention, but I, I don't think it's the most important one to talk about, is that sometimes things that happen are, are actually God's retribution. Um, so what do, you, what do you mean by that? So for example, in the Old Testament, there's a, at least a couple of examples of God using sinners, so another country or group of people who were not God's people to bring judgment on God's people, to either defeat them in battle or take them as slaves and, and all this stuff. like and, and often in those cases, it was because of God's people's sin. Mm-hmm. So God was using other people's actions as essentially punishment um, for people's sin. And I think that's, Still happens today sometimes, and there's a lot of natural repercussions of our sin. So when we sin, and, for example, if we sin and hurt somebody, like that could mean jail, that could mean uh, strained relationships, and like we could look at God and be like, why is this happening? But ultimately, it's because we sinned, it's because we right. broke the law, or we did this, um, and so sometimes... Uh, that suffering, which is what we're trying to answer, like, why is there suffering happens because of our sin? The other thing you could say, um, if you're a Christian, or the second part to the answer is that God has a plan for suffering. So he doesn't just have us suffer again for the sake of seeing us squirm or seeing us be in pain. Like, that's not what brings glory to him. That's not what he delights in. He's working these things together for our good. So yes, he allows sin, but he doesn't just leave it there. He uses that for our
1: good. And that could mean a number of things. So that it kind of reminds me of this illustration that, I've said it before, one of my favorite shows is Lost. Mm -hmm. And on the show, there's this scene where John Locke um, is with this guy who's you know, been all drugged up and everything, and um, he's basically, this kid is trying to get his drugs back, and John is trying to help him, so he gives them this illustration, and they're in the jungle, and they find this uh, caterpillar that is um, in its cocoon, mm-hmm. uh, so it's going through this process of, of, of changing, and John says, you know, I could, I could go ahead right now and Cut open this cocoon to let it out, so it doesn't have to go through the pain of changing and, and all of this. Yeah. Um, but he says, but if I do that, it's not going to have the strength that it needs to survive after. Yeah. And so it, I always took that as like, yeah, you know, I I go through struggles in my life, and I do question, you know, God, why why did you let this happen? Why why are you not present in this or not even not present but like wh- why are you not making a change here and sometimes it very well could be because i need it's something i need to learn from to strengthen myself and i i can think of situations where that has absolutely happened and as i look back on it i'm like oh yeah yeah that was that was probably good that that happened to me as much as it sucked in the moment you know yeah
0: yeah so one of the guys that i uh read or, or listened to as prep for this episode, um, he talked about the fact that he had cancer and it was certainly for him, you know, suffering in in a way and he certainly wouldn't have asked God for cancer or if he could do it all over again, choose to have cancer per se. But he says, you know, I most certainly would not want to go back to being the person I was before I had cancer. Um, and he was a Christian before and after, so it's not like he got saved through that process, it was just that God used that suffering to mature him and refine him and help him grow in a way that he wouldn't have had he not had that experience. So, um, it's just that God often makes himself known to us through our suffering. He, he put, we push into him, um, because we're, we don't understand what's going on, we're asking questions, and He's slowly working those things together to, you know, make us closer to Him, yeah. make us better people. Um, and so, it, suffering is not without purpose. I guess the last thing I want to answer is just like I, I want to reassure you that like God cares. I think mm. I think people see all the suffering and and they say like. Like, they're, they're bringing into question that last thing, like, maybe he's not good, maybe he doesn't give a crap, you know what I mean? Um, but he does, and you see that, if, if, if you study the Bible, you see that all throughout, um, that he's mobilizing his church to, to bring light to these dark places. So, he's mobilizing his church to feed the hungry, to help the poor, like, he, he really has some social activism kind of wrapped up in, that's not the point, but there's certainly numerous calls to that inside the Bible, um, and he does care. He's not just ignoring. He like he hears. Right. He hears prayers. He hears call like calls out to him, and he often does things about it.
1: Well, I even think on maybe a, a more relatable level for for us, um, like a dad and his son, like teaching a son how to ride a bike. Like the dad is probably confident that the son is going to tumble over, fall, like scrape his knee, you know, all this stuff. But if he's not, if he doesn't do those things, he's not going to learn how to ride his bike. Yeah. And it's not like the dad doesn't care. I'm sure every time that kid falls, he's, you know, heartbroken and wants to, you know, help Mm -hmm. him up, get back on the bike and everything. But he still does it so that that child will learn how to ride.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like we're sleep training right now. And we use, we use the cry it out method and we're not like completely heartless in it. It's not like we just shove her in a room and it's like, deal with it, kid. Right. Like it sucks to listen to her scream. You know, sometimes it's a while. Like, And, it, you know, Lord willing, this will only last like a week or whatever. But um, it, it hurts our hearts to hear her like crying. But we're doing this because like we know something good will come out of it. Like we know it's better for her if she learns to sleep in her own bed and, and be able to kind of self comfort and yeah. do those things. So like, it's not that we don't care. We're just using that, that temporary pain for something bigger and better. Um, and the, the other thing I, I would say two things, one Earlier, I said that, that the social activism is not the point. The point of the Bible is Jesus, and that's another way that we see that God cares. So we have this big sin problem that's causing all this pain and suffering, and God absolutely cares because he sends his own son to in into the darkness and the suffering and the pain to experience darkness and suffering yeah. and pain so that we don't have to forever. Um to fix the issue. And so if like, if that doesn't paint that picture of how much God really cares, like, I I don't know what does. Um, that's a good point. The last little thing, like, is, I, I think it's, I think it's weird that people so often ask, like, does God not care about these suffering people or people group or these people that don't have food or don't have enough access to healthcare or medicine or whatever. And, we almost never ask if we care. <laughs> hmm. You know what I mean? We almost never say, like, should we be doing something about that? And like I said, uh, if you're a Christian, God has specific calls in the Bible to care about those things. But even if you're not a Christian, like, maybe think about that. Like, maybe go, okay, yeah, w-, like, I, maybe maybe you still don't understand the answer to the question or you don't understand if God is good or all-knowing. But think about, like, maybe there's something you can do. Um Anyway, I just think that's a weird double standard that we have where we, we accuse God and then don't look at ourselves and say, oh, wait, <laughs> I don't do anything about it either.
1: Yeah. Um, so. Well, I, I think all of that um, is a lot to kind of think on and, and yeah, just kind of like, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to reiterate, too, like, we don't want to we don't want this to sound like we're taking it lightly either. Um, we, uh, both of us have been through scenarios and situations where uh, we've definitely, you know, had to deal with some of these things and it's been hard. It's not, uh, we don't want it to just sound like, Oh yeah, this is it. You shouldn't worry about it. Like, yeah, or that you know, we've got it all figured out. Right.
0: We've certainly looked at God and say, why is this happening? I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's hard. Can you please make it stop? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, and like I said, I really do feel a weight. Like I, I it, it's kind of making this podcast a slog. Like I, I hope it's still somewhat enjoyable or interesting to listen to. But like we really feel the pressure to not screw this up. <laughs> uh, and that being said, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, take a breather. Um, you'll get to hear one of our sponsors, and then we'll be back in a little bit to talk about what suffering looks like in light of eternity, and kind of wrap up this whole big question that we've been talking about.
1: Hey guys, we wanted to take a minute to talk to you about another awesome resource out there, Um, that is helpful to you, but also helpful to us. Um, There's something called audible.com. It's a great place where you can actually go and download books and listen to them audibly. Uh, It's not something you have to sit down and read. So if you're driving in the car going somewhere, you have the opportunity to be able to listen to a book. And this week, we wanted to recommend a book called Desiring God by John Piper. I actually just started listening to this last week, um, and I think it lines up really well with what we're talking about here on The Bible and Stuff today. Um, It's all about the sovereignty of God uh, and and why we trust in Him and who He is and putting our desires in Him. So if you want to check that out, Tanner's going to tell you how.
0: Yeah, guys, the great thing about Audible is that if you go through our special link, which is Bibleandstuff.com slash Audible, you can get a free trial and you get two free audiobooks to listen to. So not only can you get the wonderful book that Glenn is recommending, Desiring God by John Piper, but you can also get another one of whatever you choose. So once again, go through Bibleandstuff.com slash Audible and start your free trial today.
1: Welcome back. Um, As Tanner said before break, we hope that we are doing some kind of justice to this. (laughs) Um, But we, as hard as this is, and I'm sure as difficult as it may be to hear some of these things, um, we are kind of excited to dig into this stuff and be able to share it with you guys. And I hope that in some way it, it does help with uh, either things that you're going through or conversations that maybe you're trying to have. Uh, I, I know just for me alone, walking through this and, and seeing what we've, um, put together is, is definitely helpful for conversations going forward. Yeah. So what I want to talk about and the thing that's been the most
0: practical help for me as a Christian is looking at suffering in light of eternity. Um, this is a conversation I have with my wife a lot. Um, like if something's bad is happening or if she's worrying about something, uh, I, my default is to try to paint the bad in as good a light as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because I'm a kind of like a go-for-it guy or, or any whatever. Um, so if she's worried about something and she's like, what if this happens? Like what if it goes wrong and B, ha- oh, we want A to happen but B happens? And I'm just like... Even if that happens and and I think I stole this from Matt Chandler, um so it's not completely to my credit, but who would just say, okay, even if that thing happens that's really bad and would not be fun or whatever, and you know it lasts a week or a month or a year, like what so like so what like if you look at that year in light of knowing that we're going to be in heaven for eternity. Um, Even if we have the worst two or three years of our life, like 10,000 years from now, It's not super going to matter. Yeah. (laughs) Like 10,000 years from now, 100,000 years from now, 2 million years from now in heaven with God, we're not going to look back at those three years and be like, God, I can't believe
1: you let that happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I do kind of the same thing, Julie and I, when we're going through stuff like that. We'll always go, hashtag perspective. (laughs) And then we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is minute in in the big realm of things gosh
0: that fixes so many things though like it still doesn't make it not hard in the moment but it does give you that perspective of knowing like man i could suffer my entire life but it's still worth it to be faithful to god and to trust him and love him knowing that like there's a lot more good on the other end of this than there is bad on this end and so we already kind of touched on this, but like we don't suffer for no reason. It's not just that he works those things to good for good in this lifetime, but also that um, because we believe in that afterlife, like the things that happen here have a real significance. Like if you are an atheist, you would look at suffering and it would seem so pointless because in an 80 year lifespan, like at the end of that, you're going to die and you're worm food. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but that's not the case. Like, God's not allowing us to suffer just at the end to kill us and let's be done. Like, <laughs> there's more to it than that.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is, you know, we have a limited understanding in general. Yeah. So the Bible says we know in part. Um, we, we can't know everything that God is doing, Uh, even specifically through suffering. And yeah, so we, we just, we can't know everything that God uh you know has in store or or even his plans of what's going to happen through the suffering and i think that's good perspective um, to have as well yeah and and that's really what ties all this together
0: like we could go all day long saying, and another thing, and another thing, and another thing, and I want to right now, like I'm fighting it so bad, and I'll still probably throw a couple here in here in a second of things that I'm like, oh, I still want to say this, or I also should have said this, but like, at the end of the day, you have to at some point have faith. Like, you have to at some point say, I can't understand it all, but I trust God. I have faith in God. And ultimately, that's what Christians have done, and that's what other people haven't done, and that's kind of You know, the only thing that really separates us uh, on this point is that we have faith knowing that God is good and powerful and all-knowing, and that we just don't get it. Not all the time. There is a lot of things we can't understand, but we'll never know everything God knows. So, oh, man, to wrap this thing up, um, I guess what, what I want to say is... The, the question, the question's kind of all wrong to begin with. It's why, did good, why do bad things happen to good people? But I, I guess once you really understand it in light of sin and, and all of that, like the question really is why does anything good happen to bad people? Yeah. And, and the other thing that, that I'm thinking through is like, oh, I kind of left this out, but I want to say it. It's like God is a lot of things, but one of those things is just. Like he's also merciful and gracious, but he is at the same time just so if god looked at bad people and only gave them good things that wouldn't be just at all like then we would like we would have no i don't know how to say that you know what i mean like we wouldn't be able to ask god why he's not fair right (laughs) you know what i mean like we're essentially saying is this fair because bad things are happening to good people? And it's really the other way around. It's like, is it fair if he only does good things to bad people? You're
1: right. It's not fair. We shouldn't be. Exactly.
0: uh, (laughs) Yeah, and that's where the grace and mercy parts of God come in. Um, And ultimately, we shouldn't be surprised when bad things happen. Um, uh, The illustration I like to use, and I can't remember where I heard this, but it's not original to me. Almost nothing we say is. (laughs) But it's, it's like looking at a plane crash and saying, why did everyone die? <laughs> like, it's a plane crash. Generally, what you would say when you look at a plane crash is like, how did any... If there was one person that survived out of 100, you would say, how did that guy survive? Like, it's a plane crash. Right. So that's essentially... People are looking at this plane crash and saying, why is everyone dying? But what the reality is, is we're looking at a plane crash... And the fact that anyone makes it out alive is crazy. Like, the fact that God chooses to save some people, to help some people, to deliver people from suffering is unfathomable.
1: Yeah. (sighs) That's good stuff.
0: Yeah, man. So, the last thing, and the most important thing we'll probably say all day, um, is to answer the question, why do bad things happen to good people? What you really come down to at the end of it is... That doesn't happen. It only happened once. It was a guy named Jesus, and he's, he volunteered. <laughs> I think that's a quote from uh, R.C. From Sproul oh. Jr. <laughs> yeah. Or Mockingjay, not yeah. Mockingbird. Yeah, Hunger Games. Um, but no, like, the only time a bad thing ever happened to a good person, he volunteered for it. And it was so, good things could happen to us bad people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately that's what really matters like that's the the thing that when i was studying i was like yeah oh man yeah that's good <laughs> you know what i mean every now and then when we're studying this stuff like you hit that point where you're just like oh that hit like that hits yeah.
1: well thanks again for joining us today and um <laughs> it almost sounded like i was going in my voice yeah. but that was really <laughs> i don't <know. laughs> Thank you. No, thank you for joining us today. We are, are super excited that we get to do this and, and kind of walk through these questions and these big concepts with you guys. And like Tanner said, we learn right alongside with you. Um, so if you guys have anything that any topics that you want covered or um, maybe questions that you have, definitely send them in to hello at com. We'd love to hear what you have to say um, and maybe do a podcast on it. Absolutely. You can
0: also find us um, on social media at Facebook and Twitter, and those are both just slash Bible and stuff. Um, We'd love for you guys to reach out to us there as well. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you soon.